Hello and welcome to the latest edition of How Might We? And this edition we're going to be talking about how might we improve relationships on LinkedIn. And my guest this week, or this episode, is Phil Coley. So Phil, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, no, lovely to be here today, Scott. Thank you for inviting me. Yep. So I'm Phil Coley from Business Plus Group of Companies. So we have a number of companies in our portfolio, but one of my key interests is sales and marketing. So we have a company called iPlus Sales and Marketing, and we help our B2B clients get more engagement on LinkedIn, get more leads and help to grow their business. Okay, so you are, you, it's, a, it's a field that you're very familiar with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. No, inside out. And I, I suppose I've been, linked on, been on LinkedIn for many years now when it's first started and, and stayed on it. Oh, a, a, a veteran, no less. <laughs> LinkedIn chat. Yeah, make, makes me sound a little bit old. But yes, I would say I'm a LinkedIn veteran. There you go. Okay, so it's interesting you talked about relationships with LinkedIn. And I think when a lot of times you talk about people and we talk about engagement, we talk about the importance of relationships and business. So why do you specifically want to talk about that in relation to LinkedIn? So I think that maybe I'll just take it back a step. I think yep. it's, it's let's look at sales. But even before that is on my professional background, sports psychology has played a huge part of my life from university all the way through. So I've taken an active interest in people and I've certainly taken an active interest in people in sales. And there is that age old thing that, you know, people buy people. And, and yes, I understand that. And I think that's, there's an element to it. And when I look at LinkedIn, I look at what LinkedIn is. LinkedIn is a networking tool. Is it a social media tool? I don't think so. But I do think it's about people and it's about probably people apart from a profile picture that's very faceless and to be able to make that work then you've got to work on the relationship online and using LinkedIn in a way that's that's probably different and and you would know you know we've got those those three key things of making that first impression which is the the visual what you look like you've got the auditory how you sound and then you've got the words, the words that you use, and people then build a picture of you in that way. And actually, that's probably how I relate it to LinkedIn. Okay, so how important do you think it is for that first impression that we have? Oh, I think it's hugely important. And I think what I can probably look at is I can look at those mistakes on LinkedIn, and I can look at suddenly now there are LinkedIn gurus everywhere, and there are LinkedIn this and LinkedIn that. And the majority of those people are talking about posts they're talking about how to get your posting right on LinkedIn and, and I'm like well that's that's fine but you first of all need an audience so you need to reach out and start a relationship with somebody and so I think that's where a majority of people probably get it wrong on LinkedIn and I think in terms of how might we I think you know I think about how might we start a relationship with somebody in a business setting that's not just hi I sell widgets do you want to buy them and that's where I think too many people make those mistakes. I mean, I think most of us, I've done it in the past as well. You've, you've contacted somebody and you've gone straight into sort of trying to get something from them rather than giving something to them as well. But the amount of my inboxes on LinkedIn is, hi, thanks for connecting. And then about two days later, here's an email. Do you want to buy from me? Which doesn't work. No, no, it, it doesn't work at all. And I... I I mean, yes, do, do, do I, do we as a company have a process on LinkedIn? Yes, yes, we do. But have I honed that over the years and looked at my 
sales training, NLP training, sports psychology training? Probably yes. And to hone it into, let's just take a step back and go, forget it's LinkedIn for a minute. If you were looking at, say, the dating game, then there's a whole array of different strategies one can use when you're dating. You, know, you certainly bump into somebody in a, in a scenario and then you might ask for their number and you're a little bit coy about this and then you'll maybe text them or ring them and have a conversation. There's a whole array of different stages that you do to, you know, trying to date somebody or even just build a relationship, or build a friendship. And for some reason, people seem to forget that on LinkedIn and they just forget those kind of processes and they go out the window. And that's where I think so many people become anti-LinkedIn and anti-messaging because there's so many people doing the same thing without any thought. So I quite like the analogy you had with dating, because I know when we were talking about what we were going to call it, there was a, there was some talk around dating, and I can't remember what it was. It's like, don't ask for something on your first date, <laughs> where you were starting from. And it is, I mean, I've been to face-to-face networking meetings as well, and people have done the same. Say, hi, I'm nice to meet you. You're new here. And it's like, okay. And then it's straight into a sales pitch. Because yeah. I think they've, they've been around, they know everybody, and then you turn up as a new person, and everyone's like, oh, new person, let's go and not build a relationship, but let's go and actually sell to this person. I think you're right. I think there's two scenarios there, which, which, you, which you paint and you paint really well is I think in those face to face networking, you know, either people do prey on you as, as new, new, fresh meat and go, right, let's 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 pile on in and let's try and sell to you. But I also think as well, I think, you know, people cluster. And I think a lot of people in those network scenarios will be chatting away with people they know because they built the relationships and then somebody new comes in. And a lot of the time you can see a new person just sat in the corner, just drinking their cup of tea going, what do I do? And, and I suppose in a way, LinkedIn takes away some of those elements because mm-hmm. it's, it is faceless and it's quite easy to, to send a message, but you've got to realize why you're sending that message. What's your ultimate aim? And I think on LinkedIn, I'm sure people want to build networks and they want to build networks because maybe they're looking for a new job. Maybe they're looking to sell their products, but maybe they're, maybe they're trying to improve their brand awareness as well. And I hate to use this phrase, but it's a phrase that's being knocked around all the time at the moment about personal brand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's personal brand, but actually at the end of the day, we're all individuals and we just want to meet other like-minded individuals to create relationships, whatever those may well be. Yeah, there is definitely a move in LinkedIn I've seen about this personal brand. I mean, personally, I the wording you could possibly say is, is it as, as true as that? Or does that make it quite false? But I do think the messaging across that's quite important. Is that Everything you do in LinkedIn creates a reputation or a perception. So that's the way I kind of look at it and say, what's the perception you would like people to have of you? Yes. And then how do you, how do you ensure that what you do consistently is aligned to that reputation that you would like to have? And I think for, for me, I think that there's twofold. And I think, you know, LinkedIn is is morphing and changing all, all of the time. And I think that's down to people, to be fair, that's, that's, that's changing that, is that LinkedIn isn't a social media platform. It is a network, networking or a relationship create platform for business people, but business people are still human beings. And I think there needs to be a mix of your personality, who you are. I don't think there needs to be a mix of, well, I'm going to have scrambled egg on toast tonight with a bit of salmon people aren't interested in that there's other platforms for that but i think people are interested in 
what do you, you know, are you a family person? Are you, are you a sporty person? You know, what, what, you know, those kind of things about understanding an individual, I think, are key. But I also think, and, and it really resonates with what you talk about trust, is for me, I, I tend to use the EAT principle, E-A-T, which is you need to be seen as an expert. You need to be seen as an authority. And through doing that and creating that, that then people start to have trust in you, in your subject area. And that's, that's where I tend to look at LinkedIn. And I, I, I hate using the word, and I've already used the word once already in this podcast, is guru. I'm just like, come on, you know, just what, what a title to be, to be using. You know, you as a, a person, you need to represent you as an individual and who you are, but also, you know, in your business setting, are you an expert? You know, are you an authority? And, and therefore people will, will trust you. And that's where I think is you need to understand both sides. You as, a, you as an individual personally and what you represent, and then also probably what you represent from a business setting. So I think the interesting thing you've done there is this duality of it. So Jeff, I do trust is something I'm quite keen on and done a lot of work with. And it is, and I think sometimes we concentrate on one and not the other, which is we tend to concentrate too much on building that credibility about us as I'm an expert in this field, which is important for people to approach you. But it's also the, what I like about you, what you said is about that, the human element of that connection as well, which I suppose that comes back to that relationship that you were talking about yeah you yeah, know i think it does i mean you know let's let's be realistic you know 20 years ago where were we with any of these kind of social media online kind of platforms you know we weren't we were human beings talking to each other we were people who would sit bring on a phone you know mobile phones were were obviously re- relatively advanced 20 years ago but it's still quite a new phenomenon so i think the art of conversation has changed and the ways to communicate has changed but we're all human beings and I think if nothing else the last two years I'm hoping people have appreciated human contact and you know humans conversing with each other to be there as a support and that's why I think that duality as you mentioned is so important now you know it's we've all been through something together every single person has been not necessarily touched by, but every single person has been impacted by what's gone on in the last two years and probably what's going on right now as well in the world. And we're all touched by that and we're all human beings. And I think we can easily lose our personalities and morph into something that we're not or something we're deemed to be. And I think that's where things like LinkedIn, you you can show who you are and you shouldn't be scared to do that. And I think there is, when you talk about people, there are there is much more personal stuff coming on but what you said earlier about do people really care about what you had for dinner so do you think there's a line between where you share what you are or who you are as an individual on something like LinkedIn I, I think so and I think I think you have to be you have to be wary do you have to have a strategy not necessarily but you have to have a conscience or, a, or your own kind of level of how much you want to share and by sharing what will happen. And I think too many people post things up forgetting what the ramifications of it could be. And I don't mean that in a really negative, bad sort of way, but you just got to think about, well, when you send something out there, what's your audience going to think about it? And I think you do need to have a consciousness about what you send out. But I think there is a line and it's about how much you want to expose yourself online to people seeing some of your strengths and some of your weaknesses and 
I see lots of people do lots of rah, rah, rah things on LinkedIn. And that's great. But I think there is also the, the time where you can show who you are. And there's nothing wrong with sharing about a time in your life or sharing something about you or your family or your friends that, that may resonate with others. And I think the sharing of people supporting causes or supporting friends or remembering friends, I think, is important because that shows you have a caring side. But you do also just need to make sure that it's done in the right way and it's not done for self-publicity. It's done for a reason of, yeah, this is who, who I am and I'm quite happy to share it. So there's a couple of things picking up on that. <clears throat> I think the word I would use is how would it, is relevance. <laughs> yeah, relevance. <laughs> and uh, that's a really interesting question because it might be relevant to you, but is it irrelevant to anybody else? I think relevance, let, let's look at it from another point of view. On that relevance, I think lots of people are now using content calendars. So they are going, you know, today's pancake day this Sunday's Mothering Sunday, or it's going to be the equinox. And I think that's great to give you some kind of guidance towards some kind of engagement or some posts or some comments. But actually, so many people are doing the same. So you occasionally need to look at things from a different point of view. So is it relevant to your audience? Is it relevant to you? And is it relevant to who you are? So if you're going to say, and, and I'll, I'll use a personal example, if I'm going to comment on something to do with the deaf community, I'm doing that from twofold. I've become heavily involved in the deaf community and working with them to help them in the business setting. And that's not come from a, a family connection in any way, shape or form. It's come from meeting somebody who was deaf, who came to a networking meeting some six years ago, and came with an interpreter. And actually, I've created a great friendship with that person now over six years. And I, you know, we, we've done walks together, we've run together, I've got to know his wife really well, and I kept her as a friend as well. And they've got two amazing children who aren't deaf. And so I would post something up about the deaf community because I like to promote the deaf community because I'm not deaf, but I really engage with what they do. So to me, that's relevant. And probably to some of my audience, that's relevant. But that, that's me highlighting a cause that's relevant to me. And hopefully it's relevant to others. So that, that would be quite a good example of not jumping on a bandwagon. That's just relevant to me. Yeah, because I think you do for things that happen, don't you? So if there's an event, because it is, again, listen to what the people in LinkedIn said is make your post relevant and, and really what's happening in the world. So if you've got something major going on, everyone jumps on that bandwagon and everything is related to it, like pancake how can I do what I do around pancakes? I think, I think if, if I was a bit creative, I probably could do something creative and probably funny, so slightly off kilter and just using a pancake as an analogy, but that's probably about it, but I think. Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 think, I think with that, you, you know, probably you'd be clutching at straws to make it funny, and would it be relevant to your audience? And for me... If you suddenly went out and, you know, there was something happening in the world and you were like, well, you know, there was this time where I was negotiating with terrorists, you know, people would go, really? I didn't know that. Although they can read it in your LinkedIn profile, they could have an understanding of what you do. And that's probably relevant to an audience going, I didn't know that. So when Scott talks about talking with people, it probably comes from a good, good area of what he's on about. So I'd say 
concentrate more on what's relevant in your past that people ears prick up and go, gosh, this guy really knows his stuff. He's an expert in it, rather than trying to see how you can negotiate making the right pancake. Oh, we could do that, couldn't we? Negotiate size of pancakes <laughs> and everything else. There's a good debt. You have to break a few eggs in the negotiation. So I've got all the titles coming up now all over the place. We're off. We're off. <clears throat> we'll see what we could do. It'll be all over the place. So it's quite interesting. I think also in, in, in relationships, we'll go back to what, how we can build relationships or what relationships should look like in LinkedIn or could look like. I don't like the word should because yeah. it'll all be different. I do think sometimes that we put, we're encouraged to put posts out of that relevance and everything else. And it kind of be like, it's again a phrase I'm not too keen on using, but I am going to use it because I can't think of another way of saying it. It's like clickbait or like bait is another thing. How can I get, oh, that's all, whatever. So I get hundreds and hundreds of likes. And the metrics I use about my success in LinkedIn is about how many people see my posts or what likes they have, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think for me, you know, clickbait and all those lead magnets and all those kind of phrases, it's who are you actually trying to hook? You know, what, what's the whole reason for doing it? Now, on LinkedIn, you've got your first connections and you've got your second connections. So if somebody, if I put something out there and you like it and you share it, then your audience sees it and goes, oh, what, what's Scott shared? And then they could, that gives me some views. And then do I get any people from your audience like it? And the second connections, then do I connect with them? So, you know, that, that kind of spider's web of, of engagement and, and use it probably just says, well, Scott likes what this guy likes. You know, let's have a look at it and see if there's any any relevance. Will you pick up something from that? Maybe. But for me, that, I go back to what I said at the early stages of this, was it's not necessarily about your posts. It's about creating connections. And your posts are predominantly keeping your first level audience engaged, which is great. And it depends how many you've got in your connections and followers. But for me, the real essence of how I use LinkedIn and how you should use LinkedIn is who do you want to be connected with? Who is your audience? What do you want to do with that audience? You know, do you want to create more business contacts? Do you want to create more, more friends? Do you want to create more consumer type connections as well? And I think a lot of people forget that element. And so for me, I know that I will probably have a 12 to 16 week period of developing a relationship on LinkedIn with somebody. And that's, that's a very conscious way of connections. And that will involve some messaging and the messaging is done in a certain style. It will also be some liking, some sharing, and also some commenting alongside that as well. So it's taking that step from seeing somebody in the pub and go, oh, they look quite nice, to, oh, I've got their number, to maybe we'll go for a meal. Maybe we'll go to an event. Maybe we'll go away for the weekend. Who knows? So it's that back to that whole dating analogy. And I think, you know, if nothing else, people just realise it, it takes time to build relationships online and offline. And actually, if you understand that, I think you'll get a lot further using LinkedIn to create a thriving community online just a question then how keen are you on these automated processes people have in like building connections and building relationships if i'm honest i've looked at them and i've dabbled with them in the past and i think for me where that whole area has now gone it's now gone back to the whole human 
elements. And I took a business decision 18 months ago where we do telemarketing and we do a lot of telemarketing B2B that actually we completely stripped down our telemarketing and we said everything's going to be on LinkedIn. And within that strategy now, we are manually connecting, talking, messaging with people. We have no automation anymore. And the reason we've done that is how can you build a meaningful relationship through automation? It would be like, what's the dating thing? Tinder. It would be like that Tinder thing where you've got swipe right or left. I'm, I'm just not down with the youngsters on that, but you either swipe one way or the other. And actually, in a way, it would be like, well, can you build some AI that would say, or are you going to build, you know, are you going to swipe left or right? That to me is where the automation is. So I, I, I think that doesn't work. This, the, the beauty is still in the eye of the beholder. So and that's the same on LinkedIn. You can make a better conscious decision to connect with a person than any piece of AI or software ever did. Okay. So, I mean, I know why they sell this, these solutions get start time-saving, isn't it? You could have this, you can do... And again, I think it's that, that funnel process, isn't it? So get somebody who's meets your target audience, do this, do this. But even though I, I, and I've seen stuff that I think this definitely sounds like it's automated. And I still think you can make that interesting to a degree. Yeah, I mean, you can to a degree, but you can only make it interesting on the first attempt. Mm-hmm. Because the, the next attempts are, you have no idea what somebody's coming back to say. So if somebody comes back with a thumbs up or good to meet, or, oh, do you, oh by the way, I was looking to, I was looking actually to buy what you sell. The, the automation can't take that into account. So on that first, first connection and you send a, a message, yes, automation can play a part. But after that, definitely not. Because how, how can the automation decide what you would want to say and do with that particular person within how they've responded to you yeah how they respond to you should influence how you're going to speak to them correct absolutely because so is it so to me auto i i agree with the automation to a to a point because again it's just time saving it can help you can target who you need to target once you've worked out who your target audience is you can put a message out there that will get them possibly hopefully if you say if it's written well pique their interest and encourage them to contact you and then once they do that, then you can take over and sort yeah. of start building, as you say, that relationship. And I think it's interesting you say that we can build relationships on multiple different levels in LinkedIn. So it's about the, the instant messaging, liking somebody's post, sharing, commenting on things they, they've written. And you say that's a conscious effort you have of building those relationships with people, is utilising all of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've got, you've got all of that available to you. So, you know... The- and again, I, you know, I, I won't keep using the dating analogy, but it's true. You know, if you're doing a like, in a way, it's a bit of a wink. It's a bit of a wink to someone. You know, just see if you can get their attention. Whereas if you share something or comment on it, and by sharing and commenting, it's a very similar process. You're actually going, I really like what you say. And I think, you know, you're really good at what you're doing. And I really want to share that with my audience because of, you know, who you are and, and, and what you are. And I think, again, that's where I think a number of people get it wrong and, you know, I could talk for hours on the LinkedIn algorithm, but it, it, outside of the algorithm, you know, a like is a very small token gesture, whereas a share, but in particular, a comment or a share with a comment, actually you're taking the time to engage for a reason. So either you're flirting with that person because you want to try and do some business with them, or you genuinely want your audience to go, do you know what, you should have a look at this because I think it's really interesting. 
I quite the other thing that's interesting for me is in what you're saying again I'll go back to trust is one of the aspects of trust is to be selfless in building relationships so I think if people see what you're doing as only to benefit you so uh, yeah I'm new to you so as I'm new you're going to see lots of comments and lots of shares if nothing happens then I'm just going to drop off and ignore you and I think people will see through that as a your entire way of doing it is only to benefit you as an individual so the thing you said there is interesting is about that being genuinely thinking what you're what this person is saying is going to be interesting to my audience yeah uh, uh, absolutely and I, I i do a lot of networking majority of that now online but i've always i've always looked at networking and i've probably networked now for easily 25 years and across networking one thing that always sticks with me and you know, I think many people in business will have done BNI as a networking way, and I I have I don't do BNI anymore, but I have, and I know others others have. And one of the things that I always remember from BNI is they always say that givers gain, and that's something that stuck with me. And it's it's always something where within any networking or any business community that I'm in, I'm always looking to see how I can help others or introduce somebody. Because ultimately it will come back to you. And that's, that's just about relationships. And that's just probably takes me back to, well, you know, even current day, let's, let's say, you know, if a neighbor needs a hand, I'll give them a hand. I don't expect anything in return. So, you know, if they want something moved or the car's broken down and they need a push start, you just do it because that's the nice thing to do. And you're not ever looking for anything out back of it, but you never know they, they might in the end return that favor. So I look at it in the same way in terms of, on LinkedIn, you know, if somebody's looking for something, I'll, I'll try, well, go and speak to so-and-so. And it's not me trying to sell anything. It's just going, well, I know somebody in my network or I'll share it in my network. And that, that to me is probably, probably about that whole trust thing is, you know, if you're just courteous and nice, you know, that, that's, that's one of the first things we can ever do in building trust is just be courteous, respectful to others. And you can go from there. It's simple, isn't it? Yeah, it is simple. It is not complicated. It really is not complicated. I think before we came online, I just said, uh, um, and it's a tagline I could nick, but you want to, I'm going to give you some kudos for this as well during the conversation. Simplify, simplify the, the uh, complexity. And I think, and this goes back to the automation. The thing is, as, as people, we are motivated to do something either to achieve or avoid. Simple as. The complexity is what we're trying to avoid or what we're trying to achieve is different. And I think that comes down to your relationship. If we don't try to work out what that is, how can we build that relationship? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you're right. It is all about that. And I don't think anything has changed. Well, nothing for me has really changed from year dot. And, you know, I recently was talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And everybody's got needs, you know, from that, the basic needs of, you know, heat and food and water and shelter all the way through to a, a feeling of self-achievement and accomplishment and everything else in, in between. And we can overcomplicate building relationships. And I think today it just gets overcomplicated because there's so many different ways to build a relationship. But as you and I both just said, it is simple. It's just simple. You know, you just go back in time and look at how did you build relationships in years gone by? And nothing's changed. You know, we haven't changed as human beings, just the tools around us have got more complex. The principles are exactly the same. Yeah. 
let's yeah. strip it back. So how can you get to know somebody online? And people say, we could do this, you could do that. I said, well, just find out. And, and again, it depends on what you do and where you are. Because And LinkedIn gives you, as you say, gives you multiple ways. You can do videos now, can't you? You can do video calls. Yeah. You can actually don't have to type. You can actually send leave a voice message for somebody. And those types of things that, again, it's that, it's just those simple things that, that I think individualizing that approach help you stand out because so few people do it. Oh, absolutely. When you say so few people do it, you know, currently to date, there's over 800 million users on LinkedIn. But when you look at the statistics of those who are regularly active on a daily basis, you know, you're looking in single figure percentages. And that just says there are so many people who are voyeurs or lurkers on LinkedIn and I think there's about there's about 35% of LinkedIn users will post something once a month. But then everybody else who's really active is, is around the one or two percent. So when you look at that, there's so much more people could be doing on LinkedIn. And yes, there are loads of tools on LinkedIn, but you know, for me, it's like, well, just get out there, start connecting with a few people you know, start to build your network slowly, say hi to a few people, like what they like what they talk about maybe have a zoom coffee with them or actually now a physical coffee with them, find out what they do, you know, just, just some real simple ways that we can do it. But for me is LinkedIn is just a gold mine um, of opportunity to create. I mean, funnily enough, I had a message come back through this week and we'd connected with somebody. And, and sometimes if people have got common names, sometimes you can connect with them because they're, because they're right. And I manually connected with somebody. And I didn't actually see where they lived. And I just looked the name and the name was a very common name. And he came back to me going, nice to connect again, Phil. We used to sit next to each other in business days. And so I was like, ha, huh, right. OK, nice to see you again. So anyway, but that's a great example. And then we, we, we suddenly were, were, were chatted again. But that just shows, you know, it's people do remember you. And I suppose I'm, I'm lucky in one way I've got an unusual surname there's not too many of us apart from a country western singer in the states who's called phil coley so he's probably just a little bit more famous than me but it's 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 interesting you can easily trip back onto people and restart relationships as well as make new ones again i was doing a coaching session with somebody the other week and they were talking and they, they were talking about uh, looking for opportunities and and say i said who have you worked with in the past i said a good connection with them i said have, when's the last time you connected with them i said don't know i can go and ask them if they've got a job I said, when's the last time you spoke to them? And they well, two years ago. I said, I just want you to run. I just want you to think about this. Imagine you're sitting in your office. Somebody you haven't seen for two years knocks on the door and says, excuse me, have you got a job? How are you going to respond? Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's not very good, is it? I said, no, because you're demonstrating. I'm only talking to you because I want something from you. And it's amazing how even in normal conversation, because we do that quite often we because we, 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 we do know a lot of people it's about when do you connect and how do you keep that cadence with people that's going to keep it fresh but still keep it i'm just talking to you i'm not in it for anything i'm just like, hey you're getting on phil what's it going on boom, 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 boom. and that's it it's just a five minute that's it done dusted just touch base with people as well i think and i'm taking tips here to actually improve my linkedin because i'm not great at this because <laughs> i haven't been on it for a week so I'm, I'm one of these i just like post stuff and then just <coughs> I'll talk talk to a few people so what's your view on Number, so again, you were talking about metrics and because obviously you're into sales, you're into marketing. So metrics are a really important aspect of what you do to measure success. So what types of things would you be looking at within 
how successful you are on LinkedIn, sort of in that relationship aspect? Depends what, depends what you're using LinkedIn for, if I'm okay. honest. So, so from my perspective, I've got many thousands of uh, connections. I haven't got tens of thousands of connections like others because for me, it's about a lot of the time it's quality over the mm-hmm. quantity. And others will have a huge quantity, but you're going, well, what are you actually going to do with them? So for me, the, the key metrics I look at is I don't necessarily look at likes and shares of my posts. I, I, I'm not not that worried about those. It's nice occasionally to see views come up. I get really good views when I post some kind of family or some kind of nature or whatever kind of image. And I know I can get really, you know, thousands of views for that. But again, it's like it's nice to have. I don't do it all of the time. So the key metrics for me, though, and this does come from a sales perspective, is I look at my connection requests, my messages that then turn into a meeting. And for me, I'm not into thousands of those. I'm into tens, blocks of tens that I go, right, I've connected with those people. We've had a meaningful conversation over a three-month period and I've actually spoken to them. We've actually spoken. So for me, that's a real key metrics for me because I want to twofold. And, and again, it's still resonating with very much your words. It's, it's about trust. Mm-hmm. So I want to have spoken to somebody for them to trust me and me to trust them. So for them to say they're an expert in cybersecurity and for me to chat to them and go, gosh, you really do know your stuff. So that if anybody ever says to me, do you know anyone in cyber? I go, yeah, I do. I know this person. Then that's, that's for me as a metrics because then I can share somebody to them and actually then some business might come from it or I might, might put them in there. So for me, that's, that's the metrics. But, but also as well, with what you were saying a moment, we, we did speak, speak a little bit about clickbait and lead magnets and things like that. But it's also having a purpose and a reason to message somebody or to speak to somebody. Is You have a great podcast. You talk to some really interesting guests. And actually, that's a really good way for you to engage with people is you can offer people the the opportunity to come on your podcast. Even if they didn't want to come, they were like, oh, that's really nice of Scott to think of me and ask. And that's a great way of building a network and not being intrusive to anybody. It's just going, hey, I think what you do is really great. I'd love to have a chat with you. And so that's a really nice way way to build. And I think, you know, for me, I'm I'm lucky we've got a, a business owner platform that we can interview people on and for me it's we always have free content on there and it's always great to talk to other business owners and go we'd love to interview on there so it's a very soft way of talking to somebody without being some kind of hard sell so have a reason but for me to answer your questions the metrics for me is not about likes it's not about views it's about actual conversations that probably you can't see on LinkedIn because they're in the messaging or they're actually on a zoom call or a phone I quite yeah that's it's interesting listening to your metrics because it is there's a process there isn't it I'm going to find my audience I know why I want them on LinkedIn because I want to build my network so I can and I suppose listening to things like the you know uh, part of the business owner group is that if I can find people it can add value to another part of my business I'm not trying to sell something to this person I'm just saying can these people add value to other parts of my business but to do that I need to get to know them and this is how I'm going to measure that yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that's why, for me, it's been so critical over the last two years of having the right strategy on LinkedIn. You know, we've picked up a number of new clients from LinkedIn 
and some of those actually just from LinkedIn. You know, we picked up a couple of 20 million plus turnover companies from LinkedIn. I didn't know who they were. I mean, one of them is a household household name for one of their divisions. And that's not me bragging. That's me, just me going, well, you know, I know how to use LinkedIn. And that was probably all you could use when we were in the midst of lockdown is there was some online networking, but actually just reach out to people. Everyone was scrabbling around a little bit. And I think at that time, everybody was happy, quite happy to talk to anyone. We just, you know, make the opportunity. But you still needed, I still, I still needed to have a process. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody using LinkedIn properly, you need to have a process. Yep. And I think that's clear about the relationship. So we'll go back to what you said. And I think the, the right at the beginning, you said, what are you in LinkedIn for? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to sell? Are you raising awareness? Are you doing, are you doing, what are you doing for? And then that helps you identify the audience you need. And then from that, okay, what do I need them to do to help me achieve my goal? And then how do I measure how successful or not I am being in what I'm trying to achieve? It helps you then look at the process. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have a process. And as I said, you know, in the mid part of this was, you can have one or two different aims of LinkedIn, and that's fine. There's no, there's no, no reasons that you can't. And what's what's really interesting to me is senior executives and CEOs of large organisations, be those charitable, be those FTSE 100s or blue chips or whatever you want to call them. How many of them have a poor presence on LinkedIn because they don't have the time? So that's not a criticism of them but they don't have a time and actually they don't have a process of how to make that work. And that can also be said the same on other social media channels for celebrities and personalities, because you know, it's not them posting. They've got a media team or a marketing team because they've got no strategy. They're just putting stuff out. And there's, there's one or two really good examples of that recently where organizations or individuals have put something out completely not their view because they don't communicate with their marketing team or the person running their their things now i have nothing against people running it we've got a number of clients we actually do all of their their posting and their sharing and their connecting but we work with them really closely to understand who they are what they like outside of work you know what they do so we can speak as an authority as them but I just see so many people get that wrong in big organisations and they've got a lot of learning to do there. I think it's part of what we said about that personality, isn't it? And yep. everything you say is, can indicate a view. Yes. And an yep. opinion. And it's about, to me, it's about that consistency as well. So if it is a person talking about their views and there's a consistency, that builds credibility in them and you want to get to understand them. But if it's other people without understanding where that person's coming from, then their personal views will answer posts and they might just do it in a corporate language, but it's saying things that perhaps are not. And I think we look at it also, and one thing I think is an important aspect of what you've raised there is about using other people. But for me, <clears throat> and it's one of the activities I do with people, and it's about really understanding the impact, which goes back to what you said earlier. What is the impact or relevance of what I'm about to say or do? So one of the activities I ask people to do is just just imagine you were a, you're just about to you've typed something up you're just about to hit send. How comfortable would you be saying that in open court? Yep. Just say my lord at the end of that statement. Or your honor 
or whoever is in your jurisdiction, whatever it is it globally, and say, how comfortable would you be in an open court saying that in front of a judge with a barrister and the person you're talking about or the people you're talking about sat in the same room? Yeah, and if you, if you've got any ounce of uncomfortableness in thinking about that, delete what you're going to say or rephrase it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree entirely with you. And I suppose that also takes it on to a common question or a common mistake people make is, is when you post or how much you post and, and all of that. And the, the key for me is, you know, sometimes, you know, less is more, definitely less is more, particularly if you put some thought behind something that you do. And it's very easy to take a picture and add a sentence, but it's, it's actually a lot harder to have a good image and probably write 200 words on LinkedIn and post it out and think every part through. So I think it's not only that, but, but also as well, the, the, the other thing is there seems to be particularly on other social media channels, but LinkedIn is starting to get the same, but people seem to think you have to keep creating new content. And when you're trying to build an audience and you're trying to do a bit of brand awareness or, or even look at that whole trust thing is, there's only so many ways you can rehash something. And, and I take people back to, uh, I grew up in newspaper advertising days as one of my first jobs. And that, that was, you know, cutting face of trying to bring people, get them to take adverts. And actually in those days, a lot of big advertisers carry the same advert for a period of time. You know, they don't change the advert. They keep the same advert because repetition builds to engagement because you see the ad so many times. And the, the same happens on the television adverts. You'll see the same adverts for a period of time. And too many people on LinkedIn are constantly trying to change stuff. It's like, well, actually, just reinforce what you do and actually sharing the same post, not every single day, of course, but maybe the same post once a week for seven or eight weeks. You just don't know when somebody is on LinkedIn. They're not on LinkedIn at the time you post, waiting for you to post. I can guarantee you that. I'm disappointed they now. I thought, I thought they were all just waiting with a cup of coffee. Well, I'm sorry to shatter your illusions oh, on that, Scott. Sadly, nothing. they're not. <laughs> I've never thought of that. It's, 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 again, it's, if, you, if you step back and think, it just makes so much sense. And again, it's the principles, isn't it? Advertising has been around, brand awareness has been around for eons. And it is that repetition about sending that message off and then getting that message drummed into people. And I think it's the old thing about marketing, isn't it? Is you've got seven connections before, or is it seven times we've got to see something or whatever it is? At that, least. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven touch points. Seven touch points before. So do they, if, and the, the risk, as, as you rightly say, if they're all different, they say, well, what are you, what are you saying? Yeah. Where's that consistency in what you're doing? So one of the things I, know, I could ask you now, actually, this this could be feedback on what I was doing and whether it's going to be good or not. So I might I might take this as a free consultation. If you're on my podcast. <laughs> I could. So I started thinking about what I was trying to do. And obviously I talk a lot about trust. And one of the things I thought I tried to create an avatar on LinkedIn as I talk about this person. And I called it Alex because I thought it was important because I talk about leadership that I had a name that was both male and female, could be used by men and women, because I didn't want to be one or the other. I think too much is about male and then really I'm a man. So I can't really talk about a female perspective with too much authority. So I wanted something that I could say, oh, Alex, 
and one post will be she and one post it might be he it doesn't really matter but it's about so Alex is a leader so what I talk about is what I do and so and then talk about Alex in that experience then the sort of aspect around trust I want to talk about and put it into that person so the consistent thing is this person yeah that's that's an idea I'm playing around with at the moment yeah, I, th- I think I think in, in essence, those kind of things work. And, and it probably takes me on to how people use LinkedIn in terms of kind of case studies. Mm-hmm. They tend to, you know, and case studies can be really, really loose. But a lot of people, and I actually had this conversation yesterday, is a lot of people think when you say something like case study or trying to put yourself in the shoes of the person or trying to reflect that or as you are with an avatar, is it's not, all, it's not necessarily just about an individual as a case study. It's about where did you make a difference so where did you make a difference for somebody is, is sometimes the better way around or how did I make a difference in a certain sector? Mm-hmm. But what I potentially would, would, would say for what you're doing with the avatar, I think it's, it's, it's a great way of doing it. But actually, it's, it's sometimes if you're going to change the sex, sometimes somebody will go, well, I'm sure Alex was a she last time and now it's a he. So people might just go, did I miss him? So in some ways, that's quite good because it makes them think. Was I reading it right or not? So, so I think the avatar side is good, but it's only if you're comfortable with that kind of way of looking at it. I mean, there's so many different ways you could take it. There are so many different ways yeah. you could take it. And again, it's just an idea. I came up with this. I wanted something consistent. And I'm going to say, like, like a lot of things I talk about is exp- just experiment. Does it work? Does it work? Does it? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can change it and do something else. What have you lost? At least the messaging is still consistent in that approach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that's changed over the last 5, 10, 15 years is you can test. Mm. Lots of people now talk about, and and there's principles that come from engineering and manufacturing and research and development, to be fair, but it's it's all testing. It's A and B split testing. There's so much of that now. So you can test. You can test and see how things, things go. As long as they're not too contentious, you can test a number of things on LinkedIn and you can test messaging and you can do batches of messaging and go, well, just tweak it a little bit and see does that engage with somebody and you can do batches of 10, 20, 30, 40 to get some kind of, of feedback and a, and a feeling on it. And I think, yeah, it's just worth playing around, but I just want to go back to what we were talking about in terms of that advertising message. And one of the, and again, I date myself slightly, but the younger audience would have no idea what I'm talking about here, but an audience of a certain age would, that one of the most memorable adverts is of a cowboy with a cigarette with an iconic sort of background mountains in the background of the black and white one and that's one of the most iconic adverts of its era and for me when you look at that then the majority of people know that it's Marlborough it was a Marlborough advert and they really didn't change their cigarette advertising away from that for many many years and that's just an iconic one because they used it time and time and time again because it was all about brand awareness so you know it's it's there in history that you don't always have to keep changing it. You don't have to keep changing content. And that's where too many people mistake and they don't get on with LinkedIn because they go, oh, I just can't keep creating content. It's like, just get three or four and stick with those for a while. You don't have to be a marketing expert. I think that's it. We're not marketing. It's a lot of people are like, somebody like me, I'm, I'm just, I just work on my own, my own company. And so there's lots of things we have to do to try and do that. And it is, there's learning from marketing is about sales is all these aspects. And we are, if we are honest with ourselves, expert in what we know, 
and kind of floundering in the other areas as we're sort of splashing around in the water trying to just carry on swimming so it's quite nice to say to be successful you don't really have to be an expert just these principles that you say that you can run with yeah absolutely and i think you know i i've said yes we handle people's social media and we do their linkedin and, and those elements yes yes we do but actually the bulk of what we look at is just trying to engage and start creating relationships you know can we can we send a series of messages and court somebody that turns into a telephone conversation or a zoom meeting or an actual physical meeting and they go do you know what you might be able to do something together you know just just keep the whole thing simple but i think everybody not everybody as a majority of people a large majority of people think if i do amazing posts it's going to go viral and i'm going to be a millionaire by using linkedin no it's completely the wrong platform you've got the you've got the wrong thing but the one thing you have got on linkedin is your audience is really easy to define and really really easy to find the biggest make mistake you can make is get that first moment wrong because you only get one chance on that first impression i'll go back to that which is important for you. I think you said about trust. And this is where I think with the automation is key, that that first message is really important yeah. um, and how it works. And I'll go back to it because I, I talk about trust. You don't know somebody, and you said at the beginning, people buy people. Yeah. So if anything else you do after listening to this podcast, please don't sell on your first or second message. No, no. And no. probably never sell on LinkedIn. Just use LinkedIn to... Hey, it's going to have a. Do you fancy a call? You're never going. You're never going to. You're never going to sell something on LinkedIn. You're genuinely not. And, and I should know. That's what you do for a living. Not sell Absolutely. on. But you build the reputation. You say the sales come. So I'm assuming that you talked about you've got clients on LinkedIn. It's not because you're going to approach them. It's because of they've engaged in your content and then they've come to you and say, "Phil, I'd like to work with you." Yep, absolutely. Yep. One of the ones in question was they were shifting their marketplace significantly in COVID from the entertainment and hotel industry into the care homes and they needed to get they came straight in and go we want to do a telemarketing campaign we see you do it can you help us yes we can so yeah so taking that in and, and i think this is again goes back to these networking meetings as well don't try and sell in a networking meeting actually just network with people and say who can i help how can i how can i become some somebody that helps other people but if they need somebody who's got my expertise they'll come to me or they can refer people to me yep. rather than how do i go to my three thousand four thousand five thousand ten thousand connections and sell them something totally a absolutely you know that that's the key thing and i always say as well if you just go back to physical networking you don't walk up to somebody tap them on the shoulder and go oh i'm here to sell you a photocopy they're like uh, who are you they would just look at you and go who are you but actually, if you just went up and shook the hand and said, hi, I'm new here, what do you do? You'd be amazed. It's that principle we're trying to take into LinkedIn is just shake somebody's hand, ask them what they do. And an interesting question, again, it goes back to selflessness. And I heard this from somebody else. And I thought it was really great. When somebody connects with you, they might send a connection request and they say, again, it, I, I think it's always worthwhile writing why you want to connect with this person as well. It's whatever it is. I, either we go to the same networking meeting or we work in the same area or I've, I've seen some of your posts. I think they're really interesting. Yes, it takes time. But again, there's that quantity over a quality over quantity approach. And then when they say yes, they connect, say, great to connect. I think somebody I spoke to, that might have been Jack, said what he says back, which I think is really, really nice. 
He says, thank you for allowing me to join your network. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, I think a lot of the time is people don't, they don't even send any kind of message. Just let it hang there. So for me, if somebody's going to connect with me and accepts my connection request, I'll certainly message them and say thank you because that's key. And for me, most of the time, it's, it's a thank you. How can I help you? Who can I introduce you to in my network? That's, that's where I will, will take as part of my processes is, is to use that. But if you're just willy-nilly out there connecting with people, because it's back to the dating game. It's back to somebody. Somebody's like, oh, somebody's somebody's like, I really like you, and then you just go, you're not there. They're like, well, what did I say? What did I do wrong? Why do I bother? Absolutely, so negative impact all over the place. It is, it's, and again, it's that first impression. So, I and, and I like what you said earlier. Just have a reason as well. So, the advantage, as you say, for me, and I've never really used it. Although, interesting enough, my podcast has enabled me to get connected to some amazing people. Yep. And it normally is, like I might be doing, especially when I started, I'd have a guest and I'd say, oh, Phil, at the end of it, Phil, okay. And they say, oh, I know somebody you might want to talk to who you might find an interesting person on your podcast. And it's amazing just by doing that, the amount of people I've had the great fortune of having conversations with. Yep. And I would never have got it without reaching out and just talking to people. And, and, to be, and to, be, to be fair, because you'll ask me the same question anyway, I've, I've already got two that would be amazing for you to speak about, but um, we'll obviously talk about that after we finish this. And there is another, or another thing I, I learned many years ago as well, is if you give something to somebody, and again, so you might give something to free because I was going to write a program for somebody, and I said, right, there it is, have it. I said, if you think this is useful, who else in your network do you think this would be beneficial to? Yeah. pass the details on to them. So it's not even coming through me. No. It's helping people choose who they think what you've got would be beneficial and them introducing it to that freebie. So it's not, again, driven by me being all salesy. It's all about help, 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 help. Because you found it useful. Who else do you think may find it useful? And that, that's back to relationships. Yeah. That if, if you said to somebody, oh, I think you should talk to Phil, the person you know trusts you and goes, oh, Scott must trust him. So yeah, I'll chat to him. So it's all about relationships. It's how you can build relationships that are long-term relationships. And it doesn't matter if you built them online. You can still build really strong relationships online as much as you can face-to-face. Absolutely. So I think it's trust, relationships, reputation, and eventually revenue. Yeah, and probably the one I would add to it is repetition. Repetition, because that builds it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So if we were to say we've nearly done it. So if I was to, <laughs> <laughs> if I was to sum up what we've been talking about, about how do we build, how might we build those relationships, improve our relationships on LinkedIn? What would you say as somebody who does it as part of their job and is very successful at doing it? I'm going to go with a really old fashioned say, because it is so apt today. Just treat others the way you'd like to be treated yourself. So there's about, yep. So treat people how you would like to be treated so again that's that consideration is it think about what you're going to do and what would how would i like that happening to me if it's a no don't do it if it's a yes feel free to do it absolutely and so so i'll add a little bit of meat onto that is you know if you're going to message somebody do we all hate getting these sales messages first off absolutely so make sure you don't send one in the way that you don't like and then equally if somebody does connect with you would it be really nice if somebody when they connect says thank you well why don't you do the same and say thank you? And then also, how can I help you? You know, I think how can you, how can I help you is a very underused phrase. Because it's normally 
how am I looking for you to help me? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it goes back to that selflessness, isn't it? And so how can you serve your network? I think is a good way of looking at it. Yes, absolutely. And as people join in and see them as people. Yeah. Well, Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure. That hour flew by. It did, didn't it? I loved it, Scott. No, it's really, really nice chatting to you. And again, I think the work you're doing is is amazing on that whole thing about trust. And I, we can't lose sight of trust. It's the basis of everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Positive. It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Lovely. Thank you very much, uh, Phil, for your time. Um, Absolute pleasure. And all the links to everything we've spoken about and your various details will be in, in the uh, transcript underneath this on wherever you're listening to it, but definitely where we publish it. Okay. So thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you again, Scott. You're welcome.